0: Hello, and welcome to the Everyday Adventure Podcast. My name is Nikki Bass, and I will be bringing you thoughts, ideas, and stories from some incredible guests to hopefully inspire you to live more adventurously in your everyday lives. So today I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Emma Kingston to the show. So Emma is an adventurer, a writer, she's a teacher and a self-confessed map geek who specializes in bike packing. And she's also the author of the recently published Bike Packing England book. And when Emma's publisher got in touch with me and said would I like to speak to her? I was like, wow, she this sounds really interesting because Genuinely, I'd never even heard of bikepacking before. And because of that, I was like, I really want to find out more. And I I looked at, checked out Emma's Instagram account and all these beautiful photos of her sort of solo on the top of these mountains, just her and her bike. And I was like, I have to know more. And to me, bikepacking just sounded like one of the ultimate ways to have an everyday adventure. It's that sort of the concept that you can just get out and get into the middle of nowhere and, and, and travel, I guess, further than you probably could hiking. But I actually don't know that much more about it. So, so we'll be covering that in the interview as well, for those of you like me who'd never heard of it previously. And so, Emma, it's such a delight to have you to the show. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you, Nikki. It's really lovely to be able to have a chat with you.
0: The first question has to be: What is bike packing? And and really, how did you get started on it?
1: Well, I have to say, your little uh, intro there it sort of hit the nail on the head, really, Nikki. For someone who's professing to not know much about it, that was spot on, really. I guess uh, bike packing as a term is. You know, it's a label which uh, is helpful in some regards, and in other ways, isn't particularly. I'd say at its heart, it's just really getting your bike, strapping on some things onto your bike that you might need for uh, a couple of days away, um, staying out overnight, and just getting away from it all. You could, I guess, uh, call it bike pa- uh, sort of bike touring or adventure cycling, um, but I think bike packing, perhaps as a term, has uh, been used gradually over the years to think about cycling more off-road, getting off the tarmac and sort of going um, into the sort of middle of nowhere if possible to get away from, from things. As to how I got into it, uh, I'm a, I'm a mountain biker traditionally so I guess that was my upbringing um, as well as uh, walking and climbing and, and camping as a kid. I really got into cycling from an early age and I loved everything about it, from from when I was little. And I guess a lot of it was driven from a competitive side, um, having a twin brother. <laughs> and so when when he and my dad got their full first full suspension bikes, and sort of I tagged along uh, to to one of the trail centres in Wales with my little hybrid rally bike um, and tried to keep up with them. Uh, so yeah, cycling's been a really big part of my life since I was little. Um, But I guess also uh, I really enjoyed backpacking. So for me, bikepacking is the perfect synthesis of the two. Uh, Whilst I love backpacking um, and where it takes me, I definitely like the lack of sore feet that I get when I get to ride my bike. And like you said, you do get to sort of travel those longer distances and pass through a greater variety of landscapes in a shorter amount of time while still getting the benefit of
0: slow travel which I love. That's so interesting when you were talking it sort of made me think a little bit I mean I love snowboarding that sort of whole backcountry experience actually when you get away from the from the main trails and you know and you're just out and not isolation but that feeling of being alone in a very large space and you know and that, that can be so awe inspiring as well as being incredible in, in, in the adventure itself. So you've obviously written this book around, which I can imagine must have been a, a real labour of love in lots of ways. If it, you know, writing about something you're passionate about, and I just wondered because I know it's it's more of a practical guide rather than sort of stories about, you know, your own adventures. Um, Although I know you've done the roots within the book as well. Um, But I was just wondering, have you got any stories or any challenges you've faced whilst you've been out that have really made you either question your sanity and why you're doing it, or just made you think, gosh, you know, I'm really impressed that I managed to overcome that in some ways.
1: Oh, great question. I'd say, first of all, we were quite careful with the marketing of the book. So we haven't really described it as a guidebook, which is an interesting one. It sort of fills a hybrid space between vertebrate um, Publishing, who publish the book, do uh, a lot of different, different books from children's literature to climbing and cycling. And so they have a very much a, a technical guidebook side of things. And then they have a fiction and narrative section. And I guess my book sort of sits somewhere in the middle. Uh, pitched the idea um, of a book that uh, allowed me to talk about riding in a way that I hadn't really come across in perhaps mountain biking guides that I had read and for me riding is a lot more than a set of route directions written down in a very stark and clinical way of left right and straight across at the crossroads and so it was really exciting to try out a different style of writing for me that got across what I enjoy about cycling and sort of captured the experience of riding through so it's it's a sort of hybrid between an inspiration text and a guide but it gives you just about enough to be able to do the routes you get the routes themselves and you find out a lot about it but within that there's the inspirational element of the photos and I think I did really interesting you saying there that, that I guess my stories aren't really in there and I was unpicking that the other day with a friend and thinking looking back on it when I read it I definitely removed myself as much as possible from the text Uh, and I don't know whether that was a conscious decision at the time about sort of that feeling of (laughs) self-doubt and um, you know that imposter syndrome and wanting to make sure that I guess it was uh, myself not sort of so visible in the text although I do flash up in quite a few of the pictures. (laughs) And so for me, it was important that it captured uh, what you might feel when you went riding there in the areas. And so each ride starts with um, a distilled moment in time, which is something I've experienced, but uh, I'm trying not to write about it from my point of view, because I don't want that experience to be force on anyone else I want it to be read as a sort of possibility that someone might experience if they went on one of these adventures um so I guess a little bit of me is in there and it's a little bit of a guidebook and a little bit of an inspiration sleep, but I think it perhaps fulfills that niche of uh what bikepacking is all about about getting out and exploring and not necessarily being too weighed down by the technical aspect of Uh, turn taking and navigation I guess your question was really (laughs) if I go back to that uh, was you know even if those stories aren't aren't completely sort of part of the narrative whether I have experienced them and I guess the answer to there is yes in the in the 20 rides there was a there were quite a few uh incidents that I can definitely share I think some of them are wonderful and are memorable and really stick with me and and, and others others of them at the time were particularly trying and and sort of perhaps scary in in, in, in some instances um certain memorable moments that really stand out are sort of those that happen on the, I guess, the edges of the day where you might not traditionally be out if you were if you were just having a sort of a day ride uh, where you see perhaps the sunset and the dusk emerging and watch, I guess, the colours change in the sky and the stars come out or where I'm on the beach and everyone's left for the day and it's just me and the sound of the, the waves rasping on the shingle. It's just those special moments where you perhaps wouldn't have stopped to... Be there and immersed in the moment had you not been out on your bike and um I guess <laughs> some of the more trying moments there was a uh, one particular uh, trip where in the space of two days I managed to get stung in the face by a wasp twice which was not a pleasant experience and I have to say it's not a, um, a usual experience this particular one was a, a rather trying event and waking up the next morning was um tricky to tricky to see and find my way back to the train station um, oh my goodness <laughs> uh, I'd say it probably shows what solo bikepacking is all about sometimes for me that not everything goes to plan. I'm quite a planner but um, I think you do have to be flexible to know that (laughs) not everything will, will work out perfectly and so sometimes what I find is that cycling on my own it can be really rewarding to have to get around a problem you have and so it's so empowering to have looked back and go, maybe I might not have been enjoying it at the time, but I definitely grew as a person. And so it was a worthwhile endeavour.
0: I mean, you've sort of alluded to it in your previous answer. And there are, I guess, the obvious benefits of being out in the fresh air and being able to get off the beaten track. What are some of the benefits that, and it could be actually a, a benefit of writing this book that you hadn't anticipated and sort of surprised you in a way that that happened and you're like oh, okay where did that come from?
1: Yeah. Well I think it's probably worth noting that I am haven't been a writer. Uh, I mean I've kept a sort of an informal blog a couple of years ago but really beyond the sort of English literature as a university degree I haven't really taken that any further and so I think for me the writing process was a really interesting endeavour and actually subsequently I've talked with quite a few authors as well who've sort of sympathised and I guess empathised with the writing process of how sometimes it can be incredibly frustrating but rewarding and I think for me it was a case of finding my voice and feeling confident with my writing and then knowing that it would eventually emerge from scribblings in my study to this fully fledged book that would then one day go out into the world and face criticism or sort of, you know, joy in sharing of sharing sort of of the stories and the, and the writing. And and I guess my experiences writing um, and so I think probably the most wonderful thing that's come out of it is that whilst I've had to get more of a tough skin and just sort of embrace what it's like when you send anything you've made out into the into the real world, it's meant that I've got in contact with quite a lot of um, other riders that perhaps I wouldn't have reached out to in the in the past. I'm quite a quite a reserved person, and I probably wouldn't be the be the first person to contact someone. So I think. For me, it's been wonderful to see that the book has started to, to help quite a few women who I especially have been in contact with me to have said, do you know what, this is the first time that uh, I felt seen in guidebook writing about cycling, having a woman represented on the front cover and through the pictures and, and the stories included. Um, and so I think that was a rather lovely thing to hear, especially as anyone who's perhaps put themselves out there and, made themselves vulnerable by sharing something that they've made is that you're always open to feelings of self-doubt and foster syndrome and I think that really took me aback by uh, how hard it hit me and I wasn't expecting that especially as I know that I've had a very privileged upbringing from the outdoors I definitely haven't felt marginalized and I think that's a very lucky position because I have friends and people who I've met through writing the book who have certainly not had that same feeling in the outdoors. And for me, I've always felt competent and empowered when I'm on my bike. And I felt that the trails are as equally like I'm I'm I have every right to be there. And I have been lucky to have, you know, not met with opposition to that. Um mostly because of how I was raised with some fantastically strong women. My mum um is still riding her mountain bike into her mid-sixties. Um, and there's a dedication in the in the front that just says, you know, to my mum, I, you know, I hope I can tread like you when I'm 60 because she's such a uh, such a fantastic sort of role model there. And I had lots of family friends of my mum and my dad who were brilliant female climbers and mountaineers. So for me, I was surrounded by those um badass women really <laughs> who just showed me what was what was sort of what I could be capable of. Uh, but for me, probably the moment that the book revealed where that disparity lay was with the moment I considered that I could perhaps occupy a space on an outdoor literature shelf that if you look along them are just predominantly written by white males. And so for me that was a space which I did feel that I was muscling in on and occupying. And even if perhaps uh, it wasn't outwardly given to me, that impression, I think perhaps it came from within my feeling of perhaps not belonging and not perhaps living up to people's expectations. So I guess that perhaps is a reflection of the outdoor industry and the lack of female representation that I didn't feel that my voice uh, would be as valued or um, as appreciated. Or perhaps taken as seriously. The good thing is that I haven't actually found that now that it's out um, on the shelves.
0: That's so fascinating, isn't it? Gosh. Likewise. I mean, I could there's so many different threads I could pick up on, but I think what it made me think of is that, you know, we tend to think of the the comfort zone that the challenge would be in the bike packing, in going off and being on your own and having to face those challenges by yourself or like being stung in the face by a wasp twice which sounds hideous, quite frankly, <laughs> but but, you know, those those sort of moments where you're on your own or you're having to navigate something challenging. But for you, that sounds like, in a way, that was your comfort zone. The difficulty or the challenge lay in putting yourself out in the open and revealing something about yourself. In what it, it sounds like is often quite a um, a solo pursuit. You're opening that up to the world in a way and going, "This is this is me, who I am when I'm doing this." Even though, like you said, you know it, it's not your personal narrative; it's still your story. And I that's... think that's
1: definitely something I had to navigate, Nikki, that actually mm. um, a lot of women who've contacted me didn't, you know, weren't interested um, so much. And I guess they were interested in the roots, and they have started to ride them. and That's wonderful. But mm. actually, I was taken aback by what they wanted to know about me, which wasn't, you know, wasn't the motivation behind it. But if it, if it helps and encourage someone, then I'm all up for it. And I think someone pointed me in the direction. This is wonderful. Um, group of ladies uh who set up the new forest off-road club and that's one of the things that's been lovely about this book that it's sort of opened my eyes to the sort of huge communities of 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 women cyclists and out there that I didn't know about um but they often quote Brene Brown who says that courage starts from showing up unless and letting ourselves be seen and I guess I am not comfortable with that or wasn't and there's definitely I'm definitely finding that I can see that it's more useful if you do show up and make yourself seen to um, yeah, put yourself
0: out there and show that it can be done. And it's easy to say, but actually the experience of doing it is, very, is a very, very different thing and very challenging, I think, for, for so many of us. Um, and I was just thinking about your point about, you know, the, the influence of these incredible, strong female role models that you've had in your life. And in a way, you transitioning into that place of being a role model for others. Like you said, people reaching out to you now and saying, what you've done has inspired me. What you've written has inspired me. And I I'm think that's... Still such... getting
1: used to that because yes. that's still very strange. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. When you're used to that, the adventure is about you getting out with your bike. And that's what it's been about for you actually being in that place of visibility and in that transition yeah, it's absolutely a transition. So I was just wondering, I mean w- what's next for you? Where would you like to go with this? Do you have other books in mind? Do you have other adventures in mind? I think I'm always someone who has
1: uh, an adventure sort of I guess cooked up in the, in the back of my head. I think lockdown was brilliant for that. I, I have a sort of a huge bank of uh, roots which I sort of spent time creating. Um, which some some are fully formed, some are in pieces sort of that link little bits of trail that I've I've found and want to sort of explore more. And, and sometimes actually routes just spring up from perhaps something I've read about an area or like a monument or a, or a sort of, you know, a cave or, or a beach or a woodland that I really want to go and see. And then that sparks up a whole sort of idea for a route. And um, so I've got quite a few um that I'm just really you know eager to have a ride of there are still lots in England. I think the guidebook is certainly not uh, meant to be a catch-all. it's not saying this is the definitive um list of routes it's it's you know meant to be a springboard to help get people out on their bike and enjoying things i think uh it's been <laughs> one of my absolute favorite routes was up in the latest book, so I have to say I can't wait to uh get up there soon, hopefully this summer. And actually, when I rode the route, I did it in the autumn uh, and my family have been up there uh, when, since I was a, a baby every year in the autumn. And I realised I haven't actually ever ridden my bike in the Lake District outside of that season where everything is that burnt orange and the reflections are just magical. And in the mornings, you get the low-lying mist in the valleys over the over the lakes. Um, and so actually, I'm just really excited to go and Ride in a different season and see what that brings to the ride as a new flavor. Plus, there's Wales and Scotland, which I can't wait to um, have an explore.
0: Wow, so much! I mean, the wonderful thing is, I guess, is having all of those different ideas as well. That it's it's like like you said, it's not a complete project, and then it sparks off other ideas for for other things that you want to do too. So, I'm going to ask you next. The one question I ask all of my guests who come on the podcast, and it's if someone's listening to this and they think, wow you know, I've not heard of bikepacking, but it sounds fabulous. I'd love to give that a go. Or they just want to get started on an adventure of their own, whether it might be writing a book as well. I mean, what's one piece of advice you would give them?
1: I think I'm not going to go for just do it because that's just not helpful in any way. Uh, That would probably describe how I got into it. But I think uh, it's definitely got to be a, a personal thing where you, if you need to take it slowly, you do. Um, go with friends. I think probably my one bit of advice would be to say don't just expect it to be straightforward on your first time you do it. I would say prepare to be you know flexible and to embrace that sense of uncertainty if it comes and if you find yourself halfway around and you're finding it hard there's, there's no shame in you know hopping on a train or or finding a shortcut back. I think it's not a failure. It's just a different adventure that you've had in the end. So I would say just embrace what comes your way and be prepared to be fluid and flexible. And of course, if you find something on the way that you absolutely like the look of and you're worried that you perhaps won't get around the whole route, I would say take your time to make that decision. I think some of my best trips have been when I've stopped and decided actually that I want to go and visit that house or ruin or single track on on the side and I'll just leave the route and go and see where it takes me be flexible and don't be afraid to change things if it's not going to plan
0: that's such a brilliant note to end on and I think I I love that bit you said about it's not a failure to do something differently or to change your mind or to take a detour that's that's it's just a different adventure I think that's a a perfect way to end this show. So, before we go, if people want to know more about you, about the book, where can they go?
1: So, uh, the book is published by Vertebrate Publishing, uh, and so if you head to their website, they have a twenty percent off website wide, and then if you sign up to their their website uh, newsletter. Um, I believe you get an extra five percent off, and uh, it's free postage and packaging. Uh, but the book is also available on, um, you know, Bookshop.com, Waterstones, or well any sort of, you know, larger um, retailer. And it's also been sent out to quite a few small ones. So uh, there's a lovely uh, bookshop in Ambleside which is stocking it, and the route actually goes almost past the shop window.
0: that's wonderful Um, and if people want to find out more about you and your adventures what where can they go for that
1: so I'm currently posting photos series and stories from the trails up on my Instagram so that's uh, uh, emma.outdoors you can find me on Twitter as well although I'm not quite as (laughs) active on there and then I do have a a website emmaoutdoors.com as well
0: Amazing. And we'll pop all those links into the show notes for you as well so people can go and find you. Emma, thank you so much. That's been absolutely brilliant. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. And yes, it makes me want to go and get on my bike and find somewhere to go. (laughs) In fact, I saw that you, you posted a picture of the South Downs Trail, which isn't that far from me. So I'm like, right. That'll be on my list. I just need to do something with kids first. But that, that's on my plan. So thank you so much for sharing all that wonderful knowledge and your and for your honesty on your experience too. It's hugely appreciated. Um, and lovely to speak. And good luck with the book as well. Oh, thanks, Nikki. Cheers for having me on. Take care. Bye. So I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Emma. I learned quite a lot this week, actually. Like I said, bikepacking was something really new to me. So it was great to be able to explore a new idea, a new possibility. It's definitely something I want to get more involved with. So this week I wanted to pick up on the point that Emma made about visibility and how challenging that can be actually to feel that we are putting ourselves out there, expressing our opinions, expressing ideas, being visible, putting ourselves at the forefront of something rather than shining a light on on other people which is also a really important thing to do and as I it was really interesting because it's certainly something that I've wrestled with with this podcast as well that the aim of the podcast is very much to shine a light on the incredible guests that I speak to and their amazing experiences as well but I think At some level, it also requires me to show up and be visible. And and even in selecting the guests and in the conversations we choose to have, that is about visibility and being willing to, to own that and take responsibility for that to some extent. And I think what's really interesting is that sometimes we choose that visibility. Sometimes it is forced upon us in some ways. But however we go about it, it's, it's trying to find a way that feels comfortable to us. And as Emma made the point so brilliantly, that actually sometimes by hiding away, we remove the possibility of helping others. And that getting comfortable with with being out there, with being visible is also about allowing the possibility that you have something valuable to share and that actually others will will learn from that too. So I'm going to leave it there this week. I would really love you to reflect on, on visibility and how comfortable you are within that as well and that that putting yourself out there and showing up. One of the things I've definitely found is actually the more you do it, the more you practice like so many other things, the easier it definitely becomes. But like every adventure, taking that very first step and being vulnerable and being prepared to share even a slight part of you, whether it's on an Instagram square or with friends or with family, however that manifests itself, taking that first step can be pretty daunting, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So I'd love to know what you think. As always, please do get in touch, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram, Resilience at Work. You can find me on Facebook in the Everyday Adventure Club. You can visit my website, resiliencework.co.uk and drop me a message that way. As always, love to hear from you. And if you've enjoyed this episode and the episodes so far, please do leave me a review um, on your favorite platform. It makes so much of a difference. And always lovely to know what you think and your thoughts as well. Otherwise, gosh, we're getting we're getting through season three quite quickly now. i have only got a few more episodes left to share with you, but I will be back next week. I have another wonderful guest for you and I cannot wait to see you there. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye.